Welcome to another episode of the Optimized Law Firm. I'm your host, Patrick Carver, and I am thrilled to be joined with Jonathan Fishman. He's the founder and CEO over at Lean Law. We're going to talk about financial workflows, how to collect more, reduce burnout, and increase profits. Yeah, of course. Um, so tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, you know your role over at Lean Law. So I'm a I'm a serial entrepreneur. This is, happens to be my fifth startup that I've been involved in. Um, I originally grew up in the Midwest and during college migrated west to California. Uh, that's where I kind of got the entrepreneur bug living in San Francisco in the early 90s. Um, I split my time between Los Angeles and California and then in 2009 had the crazy idea to move to Boise, Idaho to my son was going into kindergarten. So um, we moved, my family and I moved here in 2009 um, and started Lean Law in 2015 um, and came to market in 2016. So I'm, uh, you know, I'm a, a business guy who, because I live here, get to do a lot of fun outdoor stuff. I live a really groovy life in that it's very small. I don't have to deal with traffic and whatnot that I had to deal with in California. So I live, I, I'm right. grateful. I live a really nice lifestyle, uh, but still get to do really cool technical work. Um, from uh, beautiful downtown Boise. So, you know, I'm interested to learn, you know, more about Lean Law kind of, uh, you know, from your perspective of, you know, what it does, who it's for. Um, so we're going to be, you know, sharing this with lots of uh, small law firms, midsize, um, you know, and kind of those folks. And I, I know it's a great solution for them. So law, Lean Law is a software as a solution. It's a invoicing platform with deep integration with QuickBooks Online. So we handle all facets of how a law firm will track time, capture expenses, um, manage fixed fees, assemble those into an invoice, um, deliver to that client, allow that to be paid. And all of that is done with deep and fluid two-way integration with QuickBooks Online. Our sort of mission when we think about what we want to do with these tools is to help law firms better run their businesses, better run their practices. So we're trying to enable law firms to have the data, and the tools to, to make better decisions on their business. And that's our focus. And we differentiate ourselves in three ways in the marketplace. One is I mentioned this deep integration with QuickBooks Online. It's integrated in the workflow of the tool and the end result is a single source of truth, QuickBooks Online. Um, the second positioning is we're invoicing only. So um, we've refined it down to the, the, the core tools that a law firm needs to run their invoicing platform without doing all sorts of other things in practice management, which really enables us to get into the weeds and really refine um, workflows and to bring out functionality that exists in QuickBooks Online into Lean Law. So there's a fluid exchange of data there. The third area of differentiated differentiation is that we're very mid-market focused. Um, so while we support what we call micro law firms, those with mm -hmm. solo to three, four attorneys, um, when we think about the future of Lean Law, we're heavily focused on how to service that mid-market law firm. And that's very consistent with what QuickBooks is doing with a product launch of theirs called QuickBooks Online Advance and how they want to move into the market. So you see a lot of synergy between our two companies. Very cool. And, you know, it, early on, um, kind of when you were in the formation of this business, what, you know, what was the kind of that core challenge uh, or problem that you were looking to solve for law firms? Because it sounds kind of now it's maybe shifted uh, or maybe it hasn't shifted, but your you know your focus now is uh, a lot on the invoicing product. Was that the same as as when it started, or has it kind of shifted over time? 
Well, I think the first major, I, I think when we started, we were thinking a little bit more broader in what they call practice management, which means it does document management, email management, docketing, different facets of running a law firm. And we had some really groovy integration with Google Apps. Um, the epiphany we had in the, the first pivot of the company was to say, hey, let's be great at something. And we chose invoicing to be the most important workflow because you know, law firms can manage documents and other facets with different tools, but if they can't run their finances, if they can't get their bills out and collect money, they fail. So we were all most interested in that invoicing workflow and felt that that was um, a unique place in the marketplace uh, to focus our efforts. So while we had initially a broader vision, um, the accounting and invoicing workflow was a very easy pivot to narrow our focus. And that just liberated us because we didn't have to be an expert at document management. We didn't have to be an expert at email management and other facets. And we allowed ourselves to really deep dive into what are those workflow requirements um, for the invoicing of a law firm um, and focus. That's the, after five startups, I can tell you one of the most important key lessons I've ever learned is focus, 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 and even more focus. What do you see as the, as the benefits in terms of, you know, the existing process that most lawyers use to collect money and do invoicing versus what, you know, your system is, is enabling them to do? I think that you have to understand, especially if we're talking about micro law firms and even in larger mid-market law firms, you know, lawyers aren't trained to run businesses. I mean, I actually am a guest lecturer at a local law school here and give a, an annual speech to a law class and they're just dumbfounded at the information I'm given because they're not taught this elsewhere. They're like, oh my right. gosh, you know, and I'm just giving basic information about running a law firm. But the thing, most lawyers run their practices on gut. I, I kind of know what my billables are. So then I, I can translate that to income and they're running in a very cash flow mindset. So when you think about how does lean law benefit a law firm? You have to even take a step back and say that fundamentally there's the, the capture of the billable hour, which most law firms is the holy commodity, right? The billable hour and they're chasing that billable hour, trying to document it, trying to bill it, trying to collect it. Um, and certainly lean law offers some tools to better capture that time, but I don't think that's the real focus. The idea of lean law and really what we aspire to do with law firms is to help them create sound workflows, these repeatable best practices that start with the collection of time and end with the collection of payment, whether that's increasing a trust retainer to help with receivables or other facets. If we create good workflows, we get good data. And if we get good data, we can interpret and make change about where we want our practice to go. So instead of just running it off the seat of our pants by gut, now we can actually see and understand what practice areas are profitable how staff is being utilized. From those places where you can make good decisions about what it is they wanna do. And the benefit, of course, could be increased income, but it also might be time. Time to put back into your clients, time to put back in your community, time to put back into your family. So there's a, the benefit is really a derivative of creating these best practices about how we operate. And doing so, of course, in, in a 20, you know, first century mindset of being in the cloud and having your data stored properly and being able to work wherever you need to work and having data at your access wherever you are. So I think that we talk about burnout. I don't know if we solve burnout per se, but 
if we can create better workflows, the derivative effects is that they can run a better practice and a better business. And from there, I think we mitigate or at least put them in a position to make better decisions about how they want to use that time. From an overhead perspective, you know, I think that Lelong helps and certainly can outsource uh, or even self-serve some function of your invoicing platform that historically it's done by an administrative staff. Um, but that's the idea of, of really reducing overhead. That's almost a mindset that is almost independent of the tool, although we facilitate some of that. And we've seen real case studies with lawyers that came out of bigger firms that had a larger overhead, started their own practice, and radically changed their life. Um, from having a you know fifteen thousand dollar a month overhead down to three um, in a matter of weeks and really not a loss of clients and that changed that I'm thinking of one person in particular that changed his yeah. life dramatically but that lean law was a catalyst in one of the tools but that was really about a mindset so the mindset was that that lawyer wanted to make that change and then lean law became a tool that helps him facilitate that invoicing workflow as a function of that. He had other tools like box.com for data storage and Microsoft 365 for his um, you know, email management and, and whatnot. But it, the, the tools are a function, but it's really the mindset that drives that. Very cool. And for, you know, when we're talking about setting up some of those workflows or especially as they relate to the financial systems or financial processes within a, a business, what do you think are some of those really foundational activities that a law firm needs to integrate within their process, whether it's invoicing, whether it's having a, a dedicated accountant or different, different things that can help them get to that, that state of, you know, a workflow that makes sense and is not too cumbersome on uh, the, you know, running the business. So the model is not rocket science. You just follow the life cycle of a client. And if you map that out from, the engagement letter and what constitutes in an engagement letter in terms of what the parameters of how, you know, the cost and payments and what happens if you don't pay me to the receipt of a trust money, trust money as a function of retainers to the capture of time, to the production of invoice, to paying the invoice. I mean, it's a really explicit life cycle and it's not rocket science to most law firms to track that. So that just basically by understanding those processes, you can begin to create best practices and lean law of course matches right up to that to, to enable some workflows along that. Mm -hmm. But I think success comes with one accepting that you're going to have to work in a slightly different way, meaning the firm has to want to change, right? Many firms right now are going through a transformation of boomers aging out and retiring and Gen X's are coming in. The millennial voices rising up and saying, hey, we have to operate in a different way. So there's some explicit tension between that aging group and the young group and the, the, the I'm a Generation X. Those people who are now in a position of authority in a law firm know enough and appreciate technology that they understand it. They may not be, you know, technical in nature, but they're trying to build a law firm that can be competitive and retain its talent. So that forces them to have this conversation. And so one success metric or tactic is ensuring that you have the right skills at the table to help facilitate this change. Because there's an aging architect, Asian aging architecture that exists. A lot of folks are still on servers. COVID-19 has certainly, um, you know, 
put tension on, hey, we have to get off of on-premise tools into the cloud. And when they make that time or make that decision to change, one of the success tactics is engaging the right professionals to help you make that change. It's less of a technical change. Sometimes they go to their IT people. That's actually the easiest part. It's really the accounting and setting up the best practices is how the chart of accounts is set up, how we establish mm -hmm. the workflows, how do we migrate the data, how do we train the, the team, and how do we train the accounting team, and what data do we want out of the system. And so we always advocate to engage and many times recommend into our deals a QuickBooks Pro Advisor and what LeanLaw calls a LeanLaw Accounting Pro that can help steward that process from the law firm side, because we're the software vendor, right? And sometimes they look to us and we're like, hey, you gotta you know, make sure that you give your staff the time and space to learn the accounting program or learn Lean Law. So one is about recognizing the importance of change. Two is enabling the staff and the law firm the time and the space and the energy to actually go about this process of making change. Three, is engaging and making sure we have the right people at the table to help steward the process. And then the last piece is actually executing it, doing what you say you're going to do um, and following through and being a participant. You can't just delegate it all off to, to folks. Now you can, you don't have to do it all, you don't have to pull the levers, but the challenge for these firms is they've got to still practice while they make this change. And that's why having uh, the proper team with the proper space and time to actually do the work really, impacts the outcome of what we see for law firms making this transition. What do you think in terms of invoicing is, you know, a major mistake that you see often with when it comes to law firms? I don't think it's derivative. I don't think it's a derivative of lean law. I'll kind of break it down into three areas where law firms stumble. Um, yeah. One is they don't track time contemporaneously. So if the, the billable hour is your commodity, you got to capture it just in time. It, the minute, and there's lots of studies that say this, but the, the, if you wait till the end of the day, you lose a certain percentage of time. If you wait till the end of the week, you lose a certain percentage of time. If you wait till the right. end of the month, you lose a certain percentage of your time. So one thing is tracking time contemporaneously. And we have four different ways for people to track time. So we, we accommodate the many different personalities of time trackers. The second thing is that they don't handle their accounts receivable correctly. Some of that's visibility, and Lean Law has many different ways where lawyers can see live, real-time accounts receivable. Uh, some of that is not taking trust money or taking trust money as the initial retainer and then not continuous. I mean, if you have money held in trust and you use that to pay your invoices, you never have an, an accounts receivable problem. Um, and we know some law firms that are the most important metric in the firm is of the invoices that got paid in a, in a given month, how many how much of that was paid from trust money. That's the most important metric in firm because you always get paid if you have trust money. So tracking time, accounts receivable um, is, is probably the two largest or most significant um, sort of bad habits of law firms. Um, the other is the sort of inertia around producing invoices. I mean, some law firms, it's just baffling to me that they're like, you know, it's October and they haven't gotten their, you know, May, June invoices out. So like, what is it in that law firm that's causing such a huge delay in getting invoices out? Who's making it so complicated? Um, I also think that one of the things we're seeing in Lean Law is that law firms are creating 
new business models with our clients. Um, you know, it's not the utopic subscription model, but more and more we're seeing law firms create, you know, flat monthly retainers um, that they can track time and, and, and create that, you know, more sticky relationship with their clients. Um, that doesn't displace the billable hour. It's still the holy grail of law firm billing. But you, I, I believe clients are more inclined to listen to different business models. But to get back to your specific question, I think that people that stumble with time entry and they stumble with accounts receivable more than any other facet of their invoicing workflow. Yeah, that makes sense. And do you think it's interesting because I was uh, just chatting with a, a firm that was talking about the change from, you know, they're kind of a younger generation law firm and they're really tired of doing uh, doing billable hours and tracking it and, and kind of, you know, if somebody calls them in the car, do they, remembering to take that down, all those sorts of things and kind of moving, or they're more interested in moving to a flat, flat fee type of model. Uh, you, you mentioned you're seeing it more. I mean, do you think that's kind of where the industry is going or do you think there's always going to be a place for time tracking and uh, billable, the kind of the billable hours model? Well, I think time tracking is always important um, because, you know, even if you just use the function of time tracking to understand how much energy and time went into it, and time tracking goes into the, you know, staff utilization, it goes into the profitability of the matter. Right. Sometimes it goes into um, the sort of transparency of the work done so that you can sort of validate that I did what I said I was going to do or that this hour. So I don't think it divorces you from time tracking. What it does is it mitigates that moment that you know six tenth of an hour I mean, who wants to be billed with six minutes for something and get a one to you know get a get a point six uh, or a point one time entry um, I think that we as you know buyers are more um, uh, apt to consider more of a subscription model that's been built into our mindset that we have a greater tolerance to buy something that way um, I do think that you know younger lawyer, millennial lawyers interacting with millennial businesses, that makes a lot of sense. The challenge is that you have to validate that there's a budget existing in the, in the client's work that says, okay, you're spending this dollars already, so let's just make that more of a subscription model and here's some benefits to it. So I, I see it as a different, as absolutely a viable trend. And I know lawyers from lean law world that came out of their corporate world and said, I'm billing you on a monthly basis and you're my client until you stop paying me. And mm -hmm. that's the way it works. And they've had a wildly successful practice. And I talked to a young lawyer here in Boise and he said he was struggling to try to, to get clients to buy into it. So I don't think it's a perfect solution that everyone's going to do, but that doesn't mean that you can't think of dynamic ways in how you want to um, create that client relationship and how you can productize your services such that it's easier right. for, for your clients to interact with you. And, you know, it's not absolutely going to always be a subscription. Maybe there's a hybrid. Like Lean Law has a feature that says, you know, we're going to charge you X dollars every month. And if we go over, then we do a discounted rate. We can track all of that as a fixed fee. So there's different ways of approaching it that it doesn't have to be the absolute. I'll only work in a subscription model. Um, there are either components of productization. I can do this work for X dollars. Um, and it just takes the pressure off the billable hour. Um, and that's what you really, it doesn't divorce you from it. You still want to track time because time is essentially the cost of goods sold, right? That's your, sure. that's what went into your product. So it's to suggest 
you know, it's like lawyers don't think this way. It's like a restaurant not tracking the cost of ingredients and food costs as understanding the profit. It's just looking at income doesn't tell you what the profit is. You have to look at the food cost. In a services business, labor is your cost. So it's important for the law firms to be paying attention to labor. So one of the last questions I have is for a growing firm, whether it's small, you know, micro firm or into the mid size, for someone who is growing, uh, expanding, but they're also stressing about financial management and, you know, kind of wearing a lot of different hats. Is there one thing or what, what would that one thing be that you would recommend to kind of get them started in the right direction if they're looking to make changes to their financial system? Um, I think number one is having the right intellect at the table. Um, if, as I mentioned earlier, good workflows create good data, good data allows you to interpret information and make changes. Um, so if you're a growing firm and cash flow is a concern, you better have a strong financial workflow with good reporting to understand where your cash flow is and understanding not just how much cash I'm making, but understanding where the cash is coming from. What different, mm -hmm. what different disciplines or practice areas are producing the most profitable work. Right. Um, also looking at your staff and staff utilization, you know, am I really making the most of the staff I have uh, at hand and are they producing income for me or are they just a cost center? So having the right, advisor to not only help you create those workflows, and this is what the bookkeeping community does, but also then rise up above that and help you understand and interpret the financial information is absolutely critical. No tool alone will solve the problem. Some people say, if I get a new tool, I'll just be in a better place, and that's the wrong right. mindset. A tool is a tool, it's just a hammer, it, but it's the, it's the mindset. So if I said one thing you would do is hire a lean law accounting pro, a QuickBooks pro advisor, make sure that you have the right workflows that produce the right data so you can get the right reports and interpret that information. Because if you don't have that data, or if you're not interpreting correctly, you are running your business by gut. And scaling mm -hmm. is enormously difficult because all you do is think about, so we, we call it this sort of the, we call it the, uh, um, the swamp. and if it's the overhead swamp, but if you think about a law firm or lawyer's practice, there's only two ways to improve financially. Produce more revenue, so I'm gonna go out and get more clients, but I bill by the hour, so I have a certain amount of hours I can bill a week, right, times my staff. So if one way is increasing and becoming more, increasing your revenue, the other way is reducing your overhead. There's only two ways that they can get out. Most attorneys can't increase revenue in the sense that they get a client or two, they can get an itch, maybe they can change their billable hour, but that doesn't necessarily appreciably really change the dynamic, right? They, they feel a little bit more cash flow and they feel in a better position, but it's not a game changer. So the real truth is overhead and overhead is all about really staff. You know, that's what we talk about. So you really have to understand, are you utilizing your staff well? You know, some of it's office. Could we work virtually or could we work in a, you know, in a, in a lighter overhead? When you get down into like the software and some of the phones and things like that, those costs become really trivial. So when we think about how lawyers need to change their practices, we think either A, can you increase revenue? And the only way you're gonna be able to do that is really understanding where your money's coming in and what work is more profitable or thinking about reducing overhead. 
and it doesn't mean you need to fire a staff member. It means if you can create better workflows that are more automated, now that staff member maybe could bill, or maybe that staff member could take more work off of your plate because they can do more project management. If they're out of the weeds, they now become available to do things that are more productive for the law firm. And that turns potentially a cost center into a revenue center. Definitely, that's really smart. Is there anything we haven't discussed today that kind of relates back to those three prongs I, I mentioned earlier about you know, helping law firms in terms of profitability, decreasing burnout, and putting time back in their day? Is there anything that you think of that Lean Law helps with that, uh, that you know, we, we didn't kind of touch on today? Well, I think we touched on a lot of really good stuff. I, I, I would go back and say that what's, what we're seeing with success with Lean Law is that firms have said, we believe that QuickBooks Online is a, is a great accounting package and we want a lean tool that extends its functionality. And when someone embraces Lean Law, they're also embracing these you know, best practices related to workflows. And, mm -hmm. and the derivative effect is that they're you know, getting their invoices out more efficiently, they're collecting their money more efficiently, and most importantly, they're leveraging trust accounting um, more effectively. And trust accounting is really critical in terms of accounts receivable. If you have money held in trust, you can pay your invoice in trust, thus, you never have an AR problem. So mm -hmm. phase one of a lean law adoption is all about workflow enhancement and better reporting. But when you start to see firms get into phase two, now they're getting into staff utilization. They're looking at practice area um, effectiveness, meaning which practice area is most profitable. So I really fundamentally believe that the secret sauce is picking an accounting package that is an open, you know, dominant market platform like QuickBooks and then, you know, using a limit, I'm a founder and owner of the company. So using a, a tool like Lean to extend its functionality and, and having that QuickBooks Pro Advisor as part of your team to help you navigate it. Because it's not just QuickBooks. I mean, you got to remember, it's not just Lean QuickBooks is a platform. There's other facets of the platform like Expensify and Bill.com and Invoice Shopper and other tools that we think are really important that really make this supercharged, robust financial workflow. And if we win that workflow, like you can be clumsy in document management, you can be clumsy in email management, you can't be clumsy in your financial management. You just suffocate, right, financially. And I think that, you know, the one key thing that I would want your audience to, to hear is that if you're gonna work on your business, there is not a better place to work on your business than a financial workflow. A lot of people have this idea that I'll go work on the marketing and I'll go, you know, do this and that. And the truth is, there is probably more gains to be had at getting better at billing and collecting and understanding the reporting than there is in thinking you're going to spend money and become better at marketing. And I know you guys do marketing, but the truth <laughs> is, if you can't, yeah. if you can't run your your financial workflow, all you're doing is you're getting more clients to burn through more overhead and you really want to increase profitability. And so getting good at billing just elevates you. And I will say this to your burnout point, there is nothing, nothing more stressful to an attorney than cash flow and potentially not being compliant with a trust account. So we talked, a, we didn't really talk into the specifics of how Lima helps facilitate their compliance, meaning a lawyer can lose their license if they're not compliant with a trust account. 
Right. We help facilitate that by best practices, reconciliation, et cetera. But what creates stress for a lawyer is cash flow. Do I have enough cash to pay my bills? And are my trust accounts compliant? I mean, there's some other things, but from a financial perspective, those are the two. And, you know, Lean Law and QuickBooks Online, the pairing together with a proper QuickBooks Pro Advisor, um, that mitigates much of that stress, which puts them in a better place to be, you know, joyful and serve their clients better. Yeah, it's a great point. I think it's uh, so essential because even for us, we developed over two years uh, in the first two years and didn't really pay a ton of attention to the financial aspect. And we hit that point where we were getting more clients and on paper, everything, you know, looked good, but ultimately we weren't making gains in terms of profitability. And that really required me to improve my education on the financial side. And develop some of those systems. So, I mean, it's, it's, and it's put us in a much better place today to be able to grow and, and accommodate more. So uh, and I, think, I, I totally agree with you. And I think what's missed here, my last point is that, you know, lawyers became lawyers because fundamentally they want to help people. They're stewards, you know, they, they're stewards of the law. They uphold the rule of law in, in society and they take that very seriously. And when they start to run their own practices, um, in many instances, it can drag them out of that place of joy because they're, they're down in the weeds of trying to run a business. And if you get good at running your business and you begin to really understand, you know, not only what clients are profitable, what clients bring you joy, like what work you like to do, what people like to interact, you really, getting back to your burnout, you really mitigate that burnout because you're not yeah. grinding as hard. It's much easier to go take client take a meeting with a client that you know will be profitable and you know is in alignment with your sort of moral sort of compass and what you want to be doing as a lawyer, um, that makes life far better for that law firm. And it's, it's interesting how revealing financial information can be. It won't tell you what joy is, you know, what client's joy and what isn't, but it can give you indicators of what you like to do. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think that's important about understanding your financials because just getting more clients going up that revenue ladder won't necessarily make your firm more profitable, nor will it make your life any better. Many times it's about, to your point, recognizing, you know, how to be profitable. And then from there, what clients do I like to work with and are also, you know, good clients financially. It's a great position to be in once you're there. Um, so it's a, a, you know, recommend everybody to check out Lean Law. It's uh, leanlaw.co. Is that? Yeah. So correct? it's, it's okay. uh, leanlaw.co is our website. Um, you can get to us through the QuickBooks app store if you're in QuickBooks or of course any web page. Um, and uh, thanks for, the, for having me today.